Welcome to Bible Studies for Life Adult Podcast. I'm Lynn Pryor, and joining me is Chris Johnson. Chris, you doing okay today? I'm great, Lynn. Good to see you. Glad to be uh, doing this podcast with you today. Well, good. And and Chris, uh, we have joining us today G.B. Howell, who's uh, works biblical illustrator. And I know, Chris, you and G.B. have been friends for a long time. We have been uh, GB, good to have you with us. Thank you, Chris. I'm delighted to be with you as well. So, uh, GB and I have a story to tell. You, Lynn, you haven't heard this before. Um, I and, love stories. Yeah. Um, I started in, at LifeWay in 1997, and after a couple of years, I was in the uh, leadership area, pastor, pastor staff leadership area, and we published uh, magazines for, for leaders, for pastors, for others. And one of the resources that I was responsible for was Let's Worship. And so I was looking for people to write for Let's Worship, and uh, somehow GB and I got connected. GB was working on his PhD at the time. Did you contact me? Do you remember? I did. People okay. said, GB, you ought to publish that PhD, but it was 400 pages, and uh, you assured me that we needed to cut that down a little bit. Yeah, I told him we could probably edit that and make it maybe one or two articles instead of just one. And so we contracted together and uh, took us a while to figure some things out, but he sent me stuff. And in the middle of all of that, Lifeway was in a reorganization. And a part of the reorganization uh, meant that uh, – there was the possibility that we would be doing different jobs and different things. So uh, at some point, just after uh, GB and I finished the first article, uh, he asked me about what's the possibility of another article. And I said, well, I don't know, because I will no longer be functioning as the editor of Let's Worship magazine. I'm going to be a, uh, what were we called, Lynn? We both had that role. Biblical Biblical Instructional Specialist. That's right. So I said, my job is changing and I'm no longer editing. So you'll have to deal with the new editor of Let's Worship Worship Magazine, to which GB said, who's the new editor? Who should I contact? And I said, after a long pause, I don't know. Maybe you should contact uh, my boss and express interest if you would <laughs> like to do that. And the rest is history. Yep, it was. I mean, I got to talk to his boss, who within a few months became my boss. And uh, I, Chris helped bring me on to Lifeway, and I am so delighted he did, and uh, we've maintained a really strong friendship ever since. <laughs> so after doing Let's Worship for about a year, they shut that sucker down <laughs> or gave it to the worship area, yes. and that's when GB became the uh, editor of uh, Biblical Illustrator, and that's why you're with us today. It is, yeah. and I am delighted to be with Biblical Illustrator. I love that product, and I love that I get to work with this department and help reduce these resources. Good. So you yeah. haven't told us about Biblical Illustrator. Lynn, you want to you well, do a segue there? Uh, yeah, what I want to do is say stick around. We're going to talk about the Bible study we've got coming up, but at the conclusion of the Bible study, I want to come back and talk about the best magazine Lifeway puts out, hands Amen. down. Amen. Uh, I, I really do want to talk about a little bit about Biblical Illustrator as we jump in. Now, GB, as, as we talk about this Bible study, we're going to kind of lean on you. You're going to give us, I think, a little bit of biblical background kind of content, which is what you're, you're, you're really, really good at. So, But do, do hang around because GB and I want to talk about Biblical Illustrator. So. All right, Lynn. Uh, this is the first uh, lesson, uh, first session in a new unit for us. Uh, the, the title of uh, this 
uh, unit is living with hope in a broken world. The studies will all come out of the book of First Peter, and um, one of the key themes is uh, that we'll find in each week of our session and throughout First Peter is is the idea of hope. And I think GB's going to talk a little bit about that now. Sure. Um, it is one of the major themes. I mean, it's introduced in chapter one, picking up at verse three, and he talks about a living hope. And through that, that becomes a thread that Peter weaves throughout his entire letter. He ends up mentioning hope five different times. He talks about setting our hope on the grace of Christ and recognizing that our faith and hope are in God. And he, interesting enough, towards the end of the, his letter, he talks about Satan is like a roaring lion roaming to and fro, seeking whom he may defy may devour and then he says but in spite of that you need to have hope and always be ready to give a defense for anybody who asks for the reason of the hope that is in you so in spite of the fact that they were living in days of extreme difficulty challenges they were on the threshold of the time of the persecution of the early church this was written just before that officially began as a part of um, the roman empire's stand against christianity uh, still, they were facing great difficulty, and hope was something that they held on to and recognized their hope was because of their faith in Christ. I, I love reading this book in light of Peter's character himself, his, his life during the Gospels when Jesus was on earth. And for instance, GB, you refer to that passage at the end where he says to be, to be sober-minded and alert because your enemy, the devil, is prowling around. I can't now, we'll talk about this at a later session. But I cannot read that and not think about Peter during that last night before the arrest. And Jesus said, you know, hey, you need to be watchful and awake, you know, so you don't fall into temptation. And, of course, Peter failed in that. Yet now he says years later, you know, you need to be diligent and alert because basically, let me tell you what happened to me. <laughs> he was testifying. <laughs> he was. And so then after that, that denial of Jesus, and, and then, of course, Christ rose again, there is that that uh, wonderful picture of Jesus restoring Peter, where he asked them, do you love me? Feed my sheep. Do you love me? Feed my sheep. And so now we get into first Peter and you see Peter, it just reflects his role as a shepherd, that how he truly cares for God's people, where he keeps telling him, look, you, you can have hope. You need hope. And what we see in this, too, is we look at uh, these opening verses of First Peter, that we have a hope, and it's based on the resurrection of Christ. And let me just very quickly refer to verse 3 there, where it says, because of his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Because of what Peter had experienced, he knew, he recognized that their only source of genuine hope was in Christ. Christ conquered the grave. That's the ultimate enemy. And our hope is ultimately in Christ because he is a victorious Lord. I wonder if there's something we should chase here in our little conversation here. Just We're talking about this hope in Christ. But you think about how the culture uses the word hope. Hmm. What's the difference between this living hope and then how we use hope in other ways? We tend to use hope like, I hope this thing doesn't take too long. <laughs> I hope this thing's not boring. I hope somebody's listening to this. That's wishful thinking. Sure. I hope my wife gets me what I asked for for Christmas. <laughs> and so there's always, that, there, there's always that sense of insecurity in the hope, that it's just like you said, wishful thinking. But this is something that's more solid than that. Um, it's kind of like somebody who's experiencing a week of rain say, I hope it quits raining soon. They know what's going to happen. 
it, it just hadn't happened yet. And so they were looking forward to something that had not yet occurred, but there was also an assurance. So what you see in this is that assurance, because yeah. it's, it's a, as Peter described it, a living hope, but what is it based on? My hope as uh, as I think about Christmas or gifts, you know, it's based on I'm hoping they love me enough to get that for me. <laughs> yeah. But there is this hope. It's based on something sure. It's the resurrection of Christ. And that great hymn, my hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. It's just part of what our assurance is based on. It's the Christ that we know, the Christ that we serve, is a victorious, living, resurrected Christ. And there's an issue. Peter. Peter was at the tomb that day. He 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 knew. Well, let's move into the next section, which is verses four and five, to see this. As we've seen, our hope is grounded in the resurrection. But the beauty of this is, it is a hope that is secure for eternity. I like how he says this in verse four, and in and into an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, unfading, kept in heaven for you. <laughs> Pretty amazing that that's not based on anything on earth. Down here where everything is transient, everything is subject to change, it is established in heaven. That's good. I love these three phrases he uses, this idea it's imperishable, it's undefiled, it's not spoiled in any way, and it's unfading. It's a hope, it's a surety, it does not change. I think it's pretty neat that it's unfading, and that means for me, as sure as Simon Peter was of that 2,000 years ago. It's as sure for us still today. And so, this is something that we need to be reminded of and we need to remind folks in our group of that, that um, the many, many times that the Bible talks about heaven, about eternity, of the, the promise and the hope of eternal life and it was a regular conversation that jesus had um, in the gospels and obviously is important for peter to make mention of this at the at the outset of his letter sure and so we see these these are some truths the same truths they stood in they could stand firm in are the same truths we can stand in today it's the idea that even when circumstances circumstances will tempt us to think otherwise mm we still have hope. It doesn't matter what we face. And of course, we know with 2020, you know, a hundred years from now, people think about the year 2020, they're going to think COVID-19. Yeah. It's just, it's, it's, it's just defines this time we're in. Yet we still have a hope. Our circumstances don't change that hope we have in Christ. It's secure. Let's look now at the next section, verses six through nine. We see here in this, that as we have this hope, it should be displayed in our faith and in a truly a genuine faith. Let me just, uh, let me look at this. He says, though you have not seen him, you love him. Though not seeing him now, you believe in him and you rejoice with inexpressible and glorious joy. Why? Because you are receiving the goal of your faith, the salvation of your souls. When it's not, it's, it's, it's exactly what Chris said a moment ago. It's not just wishful thinking. It is a sense of assurance of this because you are receiving. You're currently, right now, in spite of all the difficulty, you're still receiving the goal of your faith and that which is eternal, the salvation of your souls. So he began that part with you rejoice in this, even though now for a short time, if necessary, you suffer grief 
in various trials so that proven so that proven, so that the proven character of your faith will be more valuable um, and unperishable so we're reminded that uh, and I think GB you mentioned this early on that, that there was an element of persecution this was a, there was a, there, uh, maybe a precursor to the uh, persecution that was to come for the church right. and the the and I think we talked just a few minutes ago about um, maybe before we were we started this process that that this church that the 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 church who was receiving this letter from Peter um, was um, at, at that early in those early stages uh, preparing for the persecution that was to come. They were. I mean, part of what he says in chapter one, verse one, is these were believers who were dispersed abroad in Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, meaning Asia Minor, Bithynia. Uh, this is this is modern day Turkey, and the believers had scattered to the four winds. They recognized that the um, threat of of persecution was coming. They relocated to other areas in the empire, and so Simon Peter is writing to these believers who have scattered. And, and in spite of the insecurity of their location, of the threat of difficulty coming their way, he can still write to them this wonderful word of encouragement. That's part of what he says in uh, chapter 5, verse 12, that he's written to encourage them. And that's part of what he's doing. We need encouraging today. Like you said, Lynn, even in 2020 with the virus and all of the changes that brought about, so uh, Michael Catt was the author for um, the study for us. Uh, Michael Catt is the um, pastor along with the Kendrick brothers and we're involved with, uh, with their movies. And um, uh, GB, we were talking earlier um, in, in the pre-production meeting about some things that you discovered about his church through the early part of the COVID-19 uh, timeframe. Sure. He's pastored down in Albany, Georgia, which is kind of in South Central Georgia at Sherwood Baptist Church. It's a strong church, a really strong church in that area of the state. Well, as the um, coronavirus took hold, it became, they, they became epicenters of outbreaks. And of course, for the state of Georgia, it was in Atlanta, the largest um, city in the state. But beyond that, the next city for it to take hold was Albany, uh, the city where Michael Katz pastor. And, and it's interesting because that's not nearly the largest, second largest city. I mean, there's Macon, there's Savannah, Columbus, Augusta, uh, other cities that are there. But, but for whatever reason, it really began to take hold. And, and for Sherwood Baptist Church, they saw this as an opportunity. They kept putting their worship services online. Beyond that, they encouraged their people to be involved in meeting the needs of the community. They got involved in a food bank, which I love in light of this study. They, uh, uh, ask people to make sure that they volunteered at the Hope Center to work in the food uh -huh. distribution. And so this is a guy who practiced what he preached. Um, difficult circumstances, but still saying we have the chance to be light and hope in the world that's changing and feels so threatened around us. Uh, another note is just before Michael Catt wrote this, um, this series for us, he had just gone through uh, treatment for cancer. So wow. he's writing out of his experience of, of hope going through a diagnosis of cancer and going through the treatment. So that's just another reminder of the significance and the importance of hope for all of us, for that message of hope for us. 
So here we are, we're talking about living with hope in a broken world. And uh, we, our world certainly looks broken to us. Yet what we see in these opening verses of First Peter, only hope in Christ is sure and certain. We want to thank you for listening to our podcast today. And GB, thanks for being a part of this. We started the, this segment talking about uh, your work as the editor of Biblical Illustrator. So we want to give you a chance to uh, talk about uh, your magazine. Lynn called it one of the best magazines that Lifeway uh, produces. So no, it, no, Chris, it is the best magazine. <laughs> Thank you, Lynn. I was going to correct him, but it sounds so much more authoritative when you did that for me. Yeah, it, I, I mean, it is just a phenomenal piece of work you guys put out. It's, it's a great magazine. It's been in existence over 40 years. Um, we provide background material that helps support the weekly Bible studies. Um, and we do that by looking at biblical culture, geography, archaeology, history, figures. We do some Greek and Hebrew word studies and some theology, not very much. We want it to be something that uh, somebody who can say, you know, I'm just looking for just something extra for my study this week. And so it, what we do is we take one topic. Our writers are people who are outstanding in their field. They're academics. And they take one topic. It can be one single word. It may be a large concept. Uh, for instance, we've got a wonderful article in uh, the summer issue by Mark Dunn. It's entitled The Purpose of First Peter. Mm-hmm. And what he does is he kind of goes through the whole book and he says, this is what Peter says. He, he At the very end of the book, he says, this is why I've written this thing. I want to encourage and testify to the truth grace and the truth of the grace of God. And, and so what he does, he says, and how does he do that? And so what he does, he comes back and he starts back at the beginning and just kind of walks us through and saying, this is why they needed to understand the grace. This is why they needed a word of hope. This is why they needed a word of insurance. But that's the kind of thing we do every single week. We um, offer in a print version and also in a digitized BI bundles, biblical illustrator bundles, they're called. We offer articles that provide in-depth information for the serious Bible learner. So one of the things that's interesting for me is that you, um, in, in this bundle, you make available past issues. We do. Is that correct? We do. People have, people hold on to this magazine. People who have them, they'll keep them in their garage. They'll keep them um, on their bookshelves at home. And they'll go back and they'll reference some old article that may have appeared, I don't know, three years ago or 30 years ago. Uh, we have a list in the back of the magazine that says, uh, for those of you who hold on to this magazine, check these articles out as well. But beyond that, because people wanted that, we started making those available in a digital version. You can purchase those. We have those available for BSFL specifically for people who use Bible studies for life. And so every single week, they'll get three or four different articles, some from the current, but also some from the past issues that will help reinforce the lesson they're studying for this week. What I've discovered, too, is uh, the magazine, only a third of it is devoted to Bible studies for life. Correct. Another third is devoted to our curriculum called Explore the Bible, and the other third is devoted to the Gospel Project. So you look at that and go, well, these these one-third of articles tied directly to what I'm talking about, but what I've discovered is other articles – well, I want to read that one. There, there's still intriguing articles, whether it's tied to your Bible study or not. And now we haven't even talked about the art in this in this uh, magazine. It is phenomenal. GB, how many you've been to the Holy Land? How many times now? Oh, to take? oh, probably four or five times. 
and you and you go over there with your little Polaroid, and y'all take. <laughs> We've got one of those pocket Instamatics. Remember those? That's <laughs> <laughs> uh, a little cube. You know, the flash bulb, the cube on the top that turns. Yes, okay. but y'all come back know. with phenomenal photography of yeah. actual places. We do. I mean, that's one of the great things Lifeways invested down through the decades in this magazine. On the real estate of the page, um, it is we dedicate half to words and the other half to images. And it can be a photograph, uh, maybe a map. We are pretty big into maps, so people have a clue where Cappadocia is. Um, but and so on the real, what I call the real estate of the page is half words and half images. So we are indeed biblical and illustrator. Ah, uh, there you uh, go. We, we, because we, I don't know about you guys, but I'm a visual learner. If I can see it, I can absorb it much better. And so I believe a lot of people are that way. And so we'll have a photograph of uh, what was thought to be Simon Peter's home, um, where he actually lived in Capernaum, uh, some of the fishing villages that are located around the Sea of Galilee, some of the uh, structures at Cappadocia. And, and then, of, of course, the – say it again? A photo of his mother-in-law. No, we do not have a photograph of his mother-in-law. Thank you for asking that. But if you have one of those, I'll buy it from your brother. We'll, no. um, but we also have, you know, the the um, the church at Rome, you know, which you know, Saint Peter's Basilica, it's called. And so we know that Simon Peter ended up in Rome. Uh, he was martyred in Rome, and uh, it's pretty amazing. And 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 you're right, Lynn. It, it's visually intensive. Uh, it helps. It helps me learn to be able to have the words and the images next to it. Well, GB, I just want to thank you and your team for the, the investments you make in research to produce that every quarter for us. Well, it's our pleasure. We love doing it. All three of us love learning. Uh, I will say that our writers are the ones that need to stand in the spotlight. These guys and gals, these are academics. These are people who have dedicated their lives to learning, and they are dedicated to the church and they want to help our users learn as well. So it's our privilege to work with them to help produce this, the best magazine at Lifeway for our users. <laughs> According to Lynn Pryor. According to Lynn Pryor. That's it. Thank you. Hey, GB, thank you for being with us today. And I want to thank you who are listening to this podcast. We do this for you. We want you to have uh, the opportunity to know more about Bible Studies for Life and the, the current studies that we're in. So I think you're going to enjoy the study on First Peter. Come and be back with us again next week. <laughs>